The Auburn Tigers add another commitment to their 2023 class. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a recruiting Thursday, and I want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply and happy recruiting Thursday to all of you who celebrate as we are joined by John Garcia, the, uh, the man over college football recruiting at sports illustrated and John, the tigers get another one. It's not happening as often as some folks would like, but Hey, Wilkie Denod, pretty big edge defender. I, I think there's a lot to like about this kid. Out of John Carroll High School, 6'4", 245 pounds. From what I've seen of this kid, pretty explosive on the edge defensively. Seems like he could be a pretty solid pass rusher at the next level. 100%, Zach, and, and timely here for Auburn. Uh, I think interesting, you know, Florida State was kind of the primary contender for Wilkie, just like it was for Keldrick Falk. So you kind of split the two. You know, Auburn gets the Floridian, Florida State gets the Alabamian in, in this uh, sort of exchange. And I think when you you inevitably compare the two, Falk's ceiling could be higher, still a lot more development to be made there. But the floor of Denard, the production, the body of work that he exhibits today well ahead of, of that of Keldrick Falk. Uh, so I'm a big fan of both of them. I've seen Wilkie more recently in person, and I think his physical progression really stands out to me, Zach. We know he can rush the passer. He's got bend. He's got some quickness and fluidity, counter moves, spin moves. He works underneath very well. All those things show on his Friday night tape, but seeing him as a sophomore, junior, now a senior, You've seen this physical transformation. He was like 190 pounds the first time I met him. Oh, now wow. he's he's doing more athletically at 50 pounds heavier now at, at 235, 240. And that's what you really want to see because because it just takes the guessing out of the conversation. So he is clearly dedicated himself to the weight room and he has progressed as a pass rusher in every step uh, in between. So I like kind of the mental makeup and the physical makeup of Wilkie Denard from what we see on Friday nights versus in person. And, and the last time I did see him in person, I think it was Under Armour Miami earlier this spring, he won MVP. I mean, he was the best pass rusher there in a loaded group, uh, as you would expect, down in South Florida. So uh, Wilkie is is just a different type of kid. He's mature. Uh, last time I talked to him, he was talking about going out of state to play his college football, which, which takes, you know, a different type of approach during the process as well. So I do think that both physically, athletically, and, and honestly, personally, there's there's a nice fit here for Auburn. Uh, and he addresses a major need at a premium position out of state. I mean, this is a very strong optical get and, and the type of player who I think sees the field as an underclassman once he gets into the SEC for good. So major pickup for Auburn, timely, and, and this could kickstart some momentum. Yeah, and just looking at his traits physically, 82-inch wingspan, seems like that's been confirmed in a few of the camps that he went to which is obviously huge when you're rushing the passer because you want to push off and create that separation from the opposing tackle or if it's a blocking tight end, if he's out wide, that's something that you really, really like. 
And also, I mean, just kind of watching some of his tape, he still looks a little lean. I mean, 6'4 can carry a lot with that frame. So even though, like you said, he's gained 50 pounds and he's still moving extremely well, I think there's room for more. 100%. Like you mentioned the length as well there, Zach. I think that's where you can carry some of it. He's a little bit lower body dominant at this stretch. So, yeah, naturally, I, I do think you'll see just kind of the natural expected weight gain and, and bulk that you would expect at an SEC strength conditioning and nutritional program like Auburn's. So, yeah, I think he'll be able to play at 255, 260, no problem. And then once you get there and you're functional there, you can do some things with that. You can you can stay on the edge and, and, and still be a pass rush first type of attacker, but you could also work a little bit inside. And, and that's, I think, the next phase of Wilkie's development anyway, just more countering to his game and, and ability to play inside, but with the length, the lower body strength, it's a nice foundation to build and, and develop uh, from a technical standpoint if you do start to work inside. And I think as a senior, we'll see him do that a little bit more at, at John Carroll as well. So I think the timing is right. The trajectory is right. Uh, but but the floor is still really strong here with Wilkie. So I'm a big fan of this guy. So he was primarily, you know, an outside guy in a 3-4 scheme. That's pretty much what we've seen him do in high school so far. Can he do more than that, you think, or is he just a six or a seven technique? I think he'll start in that light, um, but but I do think there's more to be had depending on how he fills out. You know, uh, he yep. is very tall, as you mentioned, six foot four. Maybe he he is still growing in in that regard. The length suggests that maybe he can get to six five, and, and I think you know at that point you can probably add more weight to his frame. But it just depends on what the the role is going to be once he gets to the planes for good i think you certainly want to play to his strengths as an underclassman when he gets to college so i think initially he will start outside uh, but yeah i do think he's got the frame to add the necessary weight to at least moonlight inside on occasion if you've got particular pass rushing packages certain sub packages move defenders inside to uh, maximize that pass rushing potential so i think he's got the capabilities and the athletic foundation to do so. We just haven't seen a ton of it physically just yet. So I think that's definitely the area for improvement in addition to putting on some more good weight. And obviously his path to playing time seems pretty clear. And we talked about this as far as Auburn's sales pitch to, I mean, back when we were talking about Keldrick Falk a bunch mm -hmm. where it's like, all right, Auburn's main two edge rushers, Derek Hall and Ekuliota, probably not going to be on the roster this time a year from now. And so it's Dylan Brooks and maybe you, right? And, and so I, I think that's that's part of this when you look at, at Wilkie and, and just instant impact. Like, he's got a chance to start or, or at least play. Uh, I think play a, a relevant role as possibly even a true freshman next year. Yeah, it's a great point. And you think of a guy like like Dylan Brooks and, you know, he's, he's so similar to Keldrick Falk in terms of his height, just waiting for that development. So getting someone who is a little bit different of a body type, a little bit more polished, ready to go earlier in, in his athletic life, I, I think makes a lot of sense in that regard there as well. But yeah, the path to playing time certainly can't hurt. And, and, and I think, you know, we, I fall victim to this too. We, we, we write these stories, these trends, you know, teams that are doing great teams that are doing not so great. And we, we get lost in that, but then we have to remind ourselves like, Hey, it's late July. Um, a lot of the stuff's going to work itself out, um, and and there's still a heck of a lot to sell at a program like Auburn. I, I think on both sides of the ball, honestly. Sure, sure. Do you think he is primarily going to be a pass rusher, or can he play some off-ball stuff? 
I think you probably are going to stick to the pass rushing stuff. You yeah. know, he's, he's bulked up so much. You know, I think if he if there's a plan in place for him to maintain that length and 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 stay relatively lean, then maybe he can do some of it. You know, I think watching him work through the bags and different drills, he's got some lateral ability that maybe he doesn't get to show uh, as much on tape. And that length obviously makes you think, hey play some underneath zone and, and help us out in coverage or maybe wall off a tight end or or even a slot receiver. But I just think he's he's such a specialist at this point as a pass rusher. I don't know if you would uh, want him to go to his secondary strengths there. But I do think there is some potential if the plan turns into, hey, let's let's keep him under 250, lean him up and allow him to, to float a little bit more as opposed to locking in as a traditional kind of weak side pass rusher. All right, so Wilkie... Denod is the fifth member of this 2023 class for the Auburn Tigers. I want to get John's full thoughts on the current state of this class going into Big Cat Weekend in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to check out all of your lines across any matchup in any sport, and also kind of in the slower time of the year, a perfect time to look ahead at futures. There's a ton of teams that are too low. There's a ton of teams that are too high. And if you're listening to this show or any Locked On show, you are able to go in with an educated approach. Be sure to check all of that out and more at Bet Online, where the game starts. John Garcia, our guest today. All right, so now Auburn has five commitments with the addition of Wilkie Denod. And obviously it started out the first day of this year with Braden Joyner, then Terrence Love, the defensive back, Jeremiah Cobb, the running back from Montgomery, and then Carmelo English, the wide receiver from Central Phoenix City. Not as many guys as you want, but four stars across the board. The quality is definitely there. Many folks concerned about the quantity. Where are you when you look at the big picture of this class? Well, I think it's time for some momentum to, to return to the Plains, and Big Cat Weekend is a natural catalyst for that and i think the season is too you know a lot of the question marks regarding auburn in general especially when you talk about negative recruiting perception whatever it is preseason expectation has a lot to do with the season you know i think there's a lot of hey we got to come kind of show you what we want to do at auburn particularly on offense so i think with quarterback certainly is, is going to be you know talked about until one signs with auburn understandably so um, but quarterback i think skill positions offensively i, I think those questions could start to get answered as, as early as September. Um, and then I think kind of the overall feel of the defense. I, I think more targets will emerge. Typically, you can be a little bit more patient with defensive recruiting because uh, those kids aren't as as diva-like, I guess, is, is the phrase <laughs> I'm going to use here. They're, okay. they're willing to kind of stick it out and let their tape show. And, and I think that's something that Auburn can take advantage of. I, I think the, the best recruiting programs in America, they very much value – that senior season tape. So as, as much as we talk about recruit again, recruiting trends and trying mm -hmm. to put things into perspective, not one high school player in America uh, in this class of 23 has taken a snap as a high school senior. So I think a lot of that will help dictate some of the pace uh, for AU, uh, including in state and, and in Georgia and in Florida, the three states we always talk about Auburn needing to factor uh, in on with recruits. A lot of those senior emergers will come from those states. So I do think that's something where Auburn, you know, has room to take advantage of it because your your Alabamas, your Georgias of the world, even you know, LSU, Florida, Miami, the, the schools in that footprint, Florida State, 
all well over a dozen commitments at this point. So theoretically less room for them to make some of those decisions and reciprocate seniors who rise uh, in 2022. So I do think that there's a lot of room for Auburn to improve here. But um, as we always talk about, until there's a quarterback on board, there's always going to be that question mark. I even talked about that on a Georgia podcast this week on Locked On. I mean, there's there's always a perception like, hey, if we don't have this quarterback, something's still not quite right. But I think the on-field product will have a lot to do with that for Auburn this fall. So uh, patience uh, is, is going to be asked again from that perspective. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you add a quarterback. I was talking with our Locked On Longhorns host, Jonathan Davis, um, earlier this week. We were just kind of going over notes and, you know, how we approach certain topics and things like that. And he's like, yo, we're, we're at 20 recruits already. And I'm like, excuse me? What? <laughs> 20 recruits and I'm like at the time I'm like we've got four Jonathan so like <laughs> so I haven't really been able to cover a whole lot of that um this uh this offseason but it's Arch Manning right I mean just the, the impact of a top tier quarterback it really impacts the whole class 100% you know not only are they an extension of the coaching staff but they're kind of the visible class headliner the future face of the program a lot of responsibility is is cast upon these guys even for those who We'll never start at that school. And, and we know with the portal and, and just the mm-hmm. competition in these quarterback rooms, that's a, a very strong possibility. It seems like every other quarterback you sign is not going to end up at your school. Uh, but still, during the recruiting process, they really do become a mouthpiece for the coaching staff. There are no rules uh, against peer recruiting in terms of limiting the communication or anything like that. So, yeah, they, they are really galvanizing um, and momentous uh, commitments when they do come in. I think Texas had seven or eight guys committed when Arch committed in June and now they're they're at 20 or more, um, you know, but with some more on the way. So, yeah, there's really a tangible difference, you know, pre and post uh, landing that quarterback. So we'll see if Auburn can take advantage of that uh, during the fall. Yep. No question about it. All right. Before we jump into I want your thoughts on Big Cat Weekend and what it can mean for this class in the 2024 class. Uh, you mentioned senior risers. One of those guys is going to be J.C. Hart. I firmly believe that the another local kid. Defensive back, specifically, uh, I think he's a corner at the next level. 6'2", 175 um, from nearby Lochapoca. You and I talked about him a few weeks ago, John. It seems like he's gaining more and more traction. There's just so much to like about this kid. Most places don't even have him ranked. I think 247 finally slapped a three-star rating on him. But there's a lot to like about J.C. Hart. Yeah, a relative unknown just a few months ago, it mm-hmm. feels like. But, you know, when you go to camp and you blaze a four 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 three, whatever it was, At 6'2", like you mentioned, heads will turn. Uh, And and I think that's advantageous for Auburn that, you know, his breakout was there. It it was at that camp. Uh, So I I think that's where you trust your gut and you push for kids even when they don't have this great offer list. But it makes you wonder what his timeline looks like, because I think the sooner the better from Auburn uh, in this recruitment because you wonder if, if if he goes into his senior season, he starts playing games and making more plays like we expect him to do at Lochapoca. Now, who else jumps in, right? You know, I think Florida State's in right now. Do other schools start to jump in here and challenge Auburn, uh, you know, for a local recruit, which is something that's been polarizing the last, I don't know, 10 years with Auburn targets locally. So I I do think that is going to be quite interesting with JC. Is he going to settle sooner or does he kind of look around and say, hey, I'm just now on this rise, you know, because he listens to you and, and uh, locked it. on Auburn, of course. And he's like, hey, let me take advantage of this and and see if I can maximize that offer sheet and, and take visits and, and kind of go from there. But you get the sense with him being a local guy 
and being uh, an increasingly you know important priority for the Tigers that he does wrap it up sooner rather than later. And I think obviously if if that's the case, then then he'll be the next Tiger commitment we talk about. Yeah, and, and JC, if you are listening. There's no need to wait. I talked to Roger McCreary last week, and he has a lot of money now. So there's no reason to uh, to wait. Come, come, come to the Plains. There's no question about it. And look, a lot of Auburn Tigers will be visiting the Plains this weekend at Big Cat Weekend. Huge recruiting event. We get John's thoughts on it next right here on Locked on Auburn. Real quick, want to encourage you folks to sign up for the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. We are so close to 1,000 members. In fact, by the time this show goes up, we may be at 1,000 members in the Locked on Auburn Discord. But check it all out. It is uh, free. All you got to do is click the link in the episode description down below. John Garcia, our guest on today's show. Big Cat Weekend. It's a big deal. Ton of kids coming in. Unofficial lists all over the place. But really, the the folks that, that are drawing a lot of eyeballs are these 2024 commits or, or 2024 class, uh, I guess, recruits that could eventually be commits. I think there are going to be a few that are going to commit this weekend, but what's the strategy? What's the balance that you have to have in regards to finishing out this class, obviously, because Auburn has a lot to work to do, um, but also looking ahead to 2024. Well, you want to look at where it's been uphill in 2023 and start to make those natural corrections going forward. And I think we just talked about the quarterback position. I mean, you're going to have multiple blue chip 2024 quarterbacks on campus together and both might be trending to AU as we speak with, with Aaron Nolan, with Adrian right. Fosse from Miami. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you, you start to say, Hey, we're not going to run into this again. And, and Auburn's not alone on that front. We've, we've seen a lot of schools start to turn that page and that begins at the quarterback position. Like, Hey, we're not going to go through this again. Let's get a quarterback on board early to do some of the things we talked about that, that Arch Manning has been able to do and, and kind of galvanize the next recruiting class and big cat weekend as, as we've talked about just provides that atmosphere to where it's not as serious. It's not as X's and O's and football heavy. So it's a nice aside for a lot of these quarterbacks that have been pushed so heavily from a football perspective and a schematic perspective. And Hey, this is where you fit. We think you're going to run this offense very well. This is why you're the face of our franchise, et cetera. Now let's, you know, play some games and uh, go, go through some, uh, pie eating contest or whatever it's going to be at, at big cat this time around. And, and I think that's just a natural setting to not only say, Hey, Auburn is different and feels different from a people perspective, but you see that with fellow recruits. And that's why this has always been, you know, a, a banner weekend and recruiting event for, for the Tigers. And a lot of schools have done things similarly, right? I think Texas A&M's got like a pool party this weekend and then there's like a barbecue at Clemson. So there's all there's all sorts of these non-football recruiting events. One, because the season's right around the corner and these high school coaches don't want to curse out these right. college coaches, but also because, yeah, there's, there's been so much intense spring football, summer camps, seven on sevens, all that stuff leading up to this. So, hey, let's take a step back and, and just kind of hang out. And, and that's something that a lot of kids have gravitated towards. So I don't know who started the trend, but Big Cat Weekend has, in my mind, has always been right at, in the forefront of, of that conversation. Yeah, that's it, why it's so important. It's a big deal and always seems like it has been. And, and you mentioned there there were several um, several other schools that are doing similar things this weekend. I believe Bama's is this weekend as well on top of A&M and Clemson. Schools that Auburn consistently – battles against for all of these kids what does it mean if they're in auburn this weekend and not somewhere else that's a big deal right 
Hundred percent. Yeah, there's there's similar, I guess in theory, similar events going on, you know, throughout the South in particular, and throughout the SEC and ACC in particular. So yeah, I, I think when you pick a school for this small window, right? The dead period ended July 24th, and then it kicks back in August 1st. So it really, in terms of the weekend, it's just this coming weekend. That's really it. So most kids are visiting one school or zero schools. So to get those nods. It almost feels as big as an official visit window where you're just getting that first visit or that last visit. And you could really strategize around that. And again, you couple that with what, what is the atmosphere at these events where there's there's no game planning for Brian Harson this this weekend. There's no, hey, I got to run to this staff meeting. It, it is all about Big Cat. It's all about recruiting. It's all about these kids. So I think that affords more intimate time with the head coach, the assistant coaches the GAs, the support staff, the the hosts, everybody involved in, in the recruiting process. So it, it really is, is it's almost an unofficial official visit, if that makes sense, in terms of the attention you could potentially get if you're a priority at one of these schools. So yeah, picking one over even one other school is a big deal this weekend, for sure. John Garcia, how can people follow along with everything that you've got going on? Yes, sir. SI.com slash college. All our stories right there on the football and basketball front. Of course, you could also find me at various locked on channels and on social media at John Garcia underscore JR. Yep. John's doing almost um, really about 20 locked on shows a week. And so we're thankful for him stopping by here every single week for a little Cruton Thursday. Hey, we wrap up our week together tomorrow. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us for a little Berg Friday. We will see you then. Until then, follow me on Twitter at Z Blackery. Read all of my written work at AuburnDaily.com. This has been Locked on Auburn.